0: are we hot are we live we're hot we're live we are uh, live and hot we are a uh, hot live we're hot live on comedy schools radio network.com we are live on youtube on the comedy schools channel and now ladies and gentlemen we are wait for it wait for it live on facebook live good afternoon ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages my name is Tony Vizek. The show is Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizek. It is 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, we are your daily distraction while the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. Uh, every day we come to you on three platforms, Facebook Live, YouTube, and the Comedy School's channel, and audio, comedyschoolsradionetwork.com, the flagship station. Uh, we are there, and um, this show is based on three things, interaction with you, the audience, as you leave questions and comments on one of these three platforms, and I attempt to answer our uh, our holler back, holler back, as some of the youngsters once said, holler back. I'm a holler back boy. Uh, we do that. I have some knickknack, trinket, or memorabilia that I share with you that I have laying around here in the home office and try to weave a story around it that will capture your imagination. Uh, And also, uh, we recommend uh, two pieces of music or musical artists based on our vast vinyl collection. And it is vast. And I've got something I'm going to recommend to you today that you don't know exists. One thing you don't know exists, it won't matter to you. But one thing you don't know it exists. And once you find out it exists, you go, how did I live without knowing this music? Okay, And it's an artist that you know, but then an artist you don't know combined. So that's going to be end of the show. I'm going to recommend them. And then, of course, you're going to YouTube and listen to them and go, damn, that Tony Vizek is just a wonderful guy for recommending this music to us. Um, Before we kick in, um, there's something going on in the world today called cancel culture. I guess cancel culture. And cancel culture is when uh, someone says or does something either now or in the recent past or in the far distant past It is unearthed, and then a group of people demand that they lose whatever current job they have. Uh, Mostly, this seems to be ascribed to those who uh, would call themselves on the left. I don't consider them leftists. I consider them illiberals, not liberals, illiberals, Uh, and I find it disconcerting. But I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just on the left. It is on the right. I have gotten calls now in my capacity as a booking agent because it's something that we do as an avocation. Mainly, I book rooms so that I can um, uh, uh, find work for a lot of the young fledgling comics that I uh, that I kind of help develop or under my wing. Uh, that's the main reason I do it. Not a huge amount of money in being a booking agent for uh, independent entities. I'll tell you that right now. But I'm getting calls where people are complaining, complaining because they found some YouTube video that someone made that is anti-Trump, or uh, supports Black Lives Matter, or points out racism, and it's like, wow. And the people who are calling me with this are people who I like, or had like, people who are my friends, people from my business associates, and they're going, you got to tell them not to do that, not to put that up, not to say that. People are saying they're going to not come. And, you know, my answer to them is, my, it's not my job to censor artists. I will tell you that in my capacity as a, um, uh, as a workshop teacher, I will oftentimes uh, try to veer or steer comics away from stuff that I know is not going to get them a laugh. That, um, and yes, no one knows what the future holds. There could be something I go, no one's going to laugh at that, and everybody laughs at it. It could be something I go, everybody's going to laugh at it, and no one laughs at it. But uh, I have a wide enough experience in our business to be able to understand sometimes and go, wow, that's not going to work. That's going to be a problem. And I'll try to veer or steer them away from it. And I'm always keeping my finger in the wind to see which way the entertainment wind is blowing. Now, some people say, stick to your principles. But, you know, if your principles are just to make people laugh, if my principles are to make people laugh in 2020, that's, I don't know if that's a principle, if that's my goal, if that's my job, to make people laugh in 2020, then I got to look at, How do I make people laugh in 2020? Not what do people want in 2020. How do I make people laugh in 2020? But I just wanted to mention this cancel culture thing is getting ridiculous. And if you find some photo of some artist who appeared uh, in uh, in artful makeup or improper makeup in your mind's eye 15, 20 years ago, If you come across a a joke someone told in a nightclub in Atlanta, Georgia or in Boise, Idaho in 1996 and it doesn't fit in with your current sensibilities, let it go. And I'm not going to fire them. Now, I'm not a big hirer. I'm not one of the major bookers in the United States of America. Certainly not. Not even one of the minor bookers in the United States of America. But I'm here to tell you now, that the best thing everybody can do is look to themselves and see how they can improve themselves instead of screaming and yelling about everyone else. All right? The brighter your light shines. The more it'll shine on any sort of darkness. The brighter your light shines. Okay. Uh, and, yo, know, that, that ties into something here. I'm going to show you the first little knickknack or piece of memorabilia I have. It's a hat. Yes, I'm wearing a hat. By the way, uh, I've worn this hat once before. Nobody knows where this hat's from. Nobody knows who this is, uh, and uh, I've challenged people before. Tell me uh, what uh, this is—a a, this is a team's hat. Nobody knows who it is, but uh, if you know, you tell me. All right, all right. Here's another hat. Look at that. It's one of those kind of hats. Hey, let's go out into the jungle. All right, it's one of those. It's a jungle hat. It's one of them hats you used to see on like just jungle people or desert people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the gold. <laughs> Okay. So, but that's not the reason. I bought the hat because I think it's funny. And it says Oath Keepers on it. Oathkeepers.org. Oathkeepers.org. I bought the hat at some uh, secondhand store. secondhand store in Sedona, as a matter of fact. And uh, I knew who they were, and I thought it was just hilarious to have it, for someone like me to have it. Who are the Oath Keepers? Who are the Oath Keepers? The Oath Keepers... I can't put that right there, then you can't hear me properly. The Oath Keepers, is an organization, were or is, it's not a real strong organization right now, of primarily uh, white police officers who said that they would not enforce unconstitutional laws. And their claim was a lot of what Barack Obama was doing was unconstitutional. They wouldn't enforce it. In other words frontline officers becoming constitutional experts and then deciding which laws they would enforce and which laws they wouldn't. (coughs) Now, the Oath Keepers kind of died out as a uh, known mainstream organization, or no, not mainstream, organization uh, with uh, the election of Donald Trump because they were mostly Trump supporters, the Oath Keepers, and didn't feel that anything he was doing was unconstitutional. But now you have situations where you got, like, the sheriff we have here in Pinal County, Mark Lamb. I know very little about Mark Lamb or the sheriff. I've had very little interaction with uh, the sheriffs in Pinal County. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, recently I was asked to run for sheriff in Pinal County. When I pointed out, I go, I have no experience at all. They go, well, we need someone to run against him. I decided not to. And I decided not to. You know why? Because if I won, I'd be a terrible sheriff. I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. I wouldn't know the first thing about what I was doing. Is this guy a bad sheriff? Maybe, okay, but I would be a worse sheriff because in the world of sheriff, I'd be an idiot. So I decided not to do that. But uh, this gentleman uh, decided that he would not enforce uh, any mask regulations. The sheriffs wouldn't enforce any mask regulations. And that's not his job. It's not his job to decide which laws he's going to enforce and which laws he isn't. His job is to enforce the law of the land. So things have gotten a little out of hand here because nobody wants to play the game. Nobody wants to play the game right. No one wants to play by the rules. No one wants to go, I'm going to break the rules, and if I get caught. You know, people point out that Martin Luther King Jr. broke the rules. Yes, and paid the price. He'd do things going, I'm going to go to jail. He didn't go to jail and go, this is unconstitutional. He didn't cough on people. He didn't spit on people. Okay. Uh, Tina Michael says, I has more experience on the other side. Yeah, that's how some people said I should have ran for sheriff. Vote for me. I know what it's like. To uh, to be a rebel. <laughs> anyway, this was a bunch of right-wing conservative guys. They said he wouldn't enforce gun laws if gun laws were passed, etc. It's a frightening concept when you have rebellion in uh, officer ranks. Um, let me say right now that I am not a defund the police guy. Uh, I am a pro-police guy. I'm also a pro-police reform uh, all institutions are in need of constant and continuous reform all institutions are in need of constant and continuous reform so am I for police reformation yes am I finding am I, am I for finding new ways to uh, 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 be uh, for uh, uh, police and uh, uh, whatever authorities to be able to deal with people in disadvantage in, in uh, uh, tricky situations yes Um Kevin Brown says, sounds familiar. In the military, we got orders to follow unlawful orders. It would behoove any individual to know those very orders are in this case the constitutional laws. Okay, okay. Um, Anyway, let me tell you about the hat. Okay, the hat. So I bought the hat and I thought it was funny. And one day I was just kind of wearing it around. I was just kind of wearing it around and uh, Shirley and I were going to garage sales and I went to a garage sale where there's a woman there who, when I showed up with a hat, ran into her house and locked her door. <laughs> and we didn't know why. I go, why did that lady do that when we showed up? We talked to her for a few minutes. She just stared at me like this. And then ran into her house and locked her door. And we're like, wow, okay, all right. So we left the little garage sale. And we're driving along, and I was, I was adjusting the review mirror. and went, oh, oh. Bob Rocky said, would you arrest me? I'll arrest you now. Bob Rocky, I'll do a citizen's arrest against you. You coughing, wheezing on the microphone, son of a bitch. Uh, Kevin Brown, unlawful orders. Well, hopefully that individual has the balls to stand up and say no. Yes. So I was talking about Mark Lamb here. He said he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't enforce mass laws. He thought that they were unconstitutional. Now he has uh, COVID. Now he has COVID. So sometimes there's poetic justice. Anyway, I was wearing this hat, and I didn't realize this woman had this effect on it. So I've never uh, – this is the Orange County chapter. That's what it says. Uh, I didn't realize it. I felt horrible about it. I wanted to go back to her house and go, ma'am, I just wear it as a joke. I didn't realize it. I'm not a member of the Oath Keepers. I uh, uh, I don't believe in right-wing paramilitary police forces. I believe in, you know, the citizens being in charge of blah, blah, blah. But we, we just didn't go back. Uh, Bob Rocky says, can't catch me. Bob, your legs are so short that Billy Barty, if you were alive today, could catch you. There. You hear that? That's Shirley coughing because you were coughing and sneezing at the club last night. And I brought it home and gave it to her. I'm fine, but it it went that way. Bob Rocky, the Coffin Comic. <laughs> By the way, Bob Rocky, uh, we did do a socially distant safe show at least till Bob was on stage last night at Stir Crazy Comedy Club uh, in Glendale, Arizona. We had a great time. Uh, they are uh, they had their seating set up for uh, social distancing, and um, uh, Bob was on the show as was Kevin Brown. Two guys you're watching right now. And we had a great, great time. And I want to thank them and Tom Sims. Uh, Tom shut down his club for at least a month after last night because he cannot sustain himself uh, as a business right now uh, in Arizona. Uh, Theater 168, which is an improv uh, theater that had a lot of stand-up comedy, has shut down. Um, The comedy spot has permanently shut down, and we are temporarily shut down at the Tempe Center for the Arts, which brings me to my point. That uh, since every organization needs to always re-examine itself and always be subject to reform, uh, we have re-examined ourselves and have subject ourselves to reform. And that's why we are now doing workshops online on Zoom. You know, I could have people gather at someone's house. That was offered to me. You teach classes at my house. Have 8 or 10, 12, 15 people in someone's living room. But why am I going to subject people to that? Why am I su- going to subject people to having to make that decision? We all, we offer all of our comedy workshops on Zoom and a lot of great shows on Zoom. We'll have a Sunday night show this Sunday. Tony Visick presents Sunday Nights Funnier. And it allows people all over the country, all over the world, I would suppose, to be able to uh, enter, uh, enjoy our entertainers as they learn how to make you laugh on Zoom, as they learn how to use this uh, world that we're very fortunate to have right now of immediate... Uh, video, social media, and come right into your living room in these little mini pay-per-view events. By the way, if you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tuesday night, Tuesday, that's tomorrow. It's 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm going to have a free intro to my stand-up comedy workshops, absolutely free. In order to find out about it, just go to comedyschools.com. The meeting ID and password and link are all right there. Just uh, tune in on Zoom tomorrow night at 6, and... Um, in a short period of time, instead of just watching shows, you could be part of the show. We now have comics who have started with us whose first shows were on Zoom instead of on a uh, live stage. Um Let's see. Bob killed it. No, literally damn near killed us all. And then Bob Rocky says, I'm stuck looking at a bloated cardinal on his hat. It's not a bloated cardinal. Okay. That's the Chiefs. This hat. It's the Peoria Chiefs, a minor league baseball team in Peoria, Illinois, which is an affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals that I got one time when I went and did a big presentation for Caterpillar, whose um, international headquarters is or was in Peoria. All right, I've talked about all that. hoo-ha. Let's talk about the music. Here's something that uh, I think Bob was spawned to this music right here. Bob Rocky was spawned. Notice I didn't say born uh, to this music right here. Uh, I don't know if I'm recommending telling you about it. It's another Jackie Gleason record. Jackie Gleason, For Lovers Only. Jackie Gleason, For Lovers Only. So uh, this was music that would be best described in the late 50s, early 60s as mood music. So if you think about the era of the TV show Mad Men, that's when these sort of albums were popular. And for some reason, the comic Jackie Gleason lent his name to a group, of, uh, a group of songs that were then packaged up in Jackie Gleason's For Lovers Only, the rich instrumental listening moods. This music was supposed to put you in the mute mood. You'd put some of this on, get out the uh, shaker, shake up a highball, make a little martini, put this on on the hi-fi, have a drink, light your cigarette, light her cigarette, and after that, people like Bob Rocky respond. Uh, here's what it says on the back. Radiant melodies invite you to pleasure lands where dancing and dreaming are especially for two. Jackie Gleason, music around the world for lovers only. For savoring the love hour sounds of a prison midnight. For lingering over the languorous moods of a sun bright, bright day in Portugal. For dreaming an exotic dream of blue Hawaii, this richly, richly colored musical tour emerges as Jackie Gleason's salute to lovers everywhere. So that's what this was. This was mood music from the early 60s, and somehow Jackie Gleason, uh, a rather uh, uh, extremely funny guy, Honeymooners Jackie Gleason show, Smokey and the Bandit, uh, lent his name to collections of songs that were supposed to put you in the mood. We had on a slow boat to China. I love Paris. Song of India on a Miami shore. April in Portugal. Hawaiian wedding song. And I think when Bob Rocky's parents were uh, making love and uh, uh, created him, they were listening to uh, Hawaiian wedding song. Also Swedish rhapsody, London by night, Canadian sunset, Brazil, and Arrivederci Roma. Uh, Bob Rocky says uh, he's still trades. Bob's still stuck on the hat. He says, uh, "Bloated cardinal." He says Shirley says it's a bloated cardinal. Are you talking to Bob Rocky on um, the internet at all? No. So Bob, no one, no one. You know what, Bob, no one's talking to you. Bob did a great job last night at Stir Crazy. Uh, we are slated to be back at Stir Crazy, I believe, August second or third, whatever Sunday is, for an afternoon show. We'll ask Bob back. Only this time, we're uh, going to put a helmet on his fucking head so he can't cough all over us. Um, this next album you got to listen to songs from this next album, okay? Now, everybody watching, or most everybody who watches this will know who Otis Redding is. You know the song, Sitting on a Dock of the Bay. You may know some of the other songs by him. But what you don't know is that he did did a duo album with a woman named uh, Carla Thomas. Here it is. Carla Thomas, King and Queen. Carla Thomas, King and Queen. Now, the only song I knew by those two prior to this was off of an Otis Redding collection where they did the song Tramp together, and it was fun. But this is that duo in the 60s, mid-60s, doing some of the best versions of songs you've ever heard. Knock on wood. I I just listened to Knock on Wood, and when something is wrong with my baby, here's what you want to do when you're done watching me. You immediately want to go to YouTube and put in Otis Redding, Carla Thomas, When Something Is Wrong with My Baby, and listen. And tell me if that's not, and here's what I'm going to tell you. If you don't like that song, you don't deserve to have ears. If you don't like what those two do with that, what they do with Knock on Wood, uh, made more famous by Sam and Dave. Tramp, of course, is a real fun song. And uh, it takes two. So... um, This was a duo coming out of Stax Volt, coming out of the Memphis sound. On the back is a proclamation from Howard Baker of the United States Senate, lauding Memphis music. Okay, and the important thing here is he says the Stax Volt group of recording artists, headed by Otis Redding, Carla Thomas, Sam and Dave. Eddie Floyd, the Marques, and Booker T and the MGs are leading expo- exponents of this new Memphis sound. They were, at the time, the new Memphis sound. Now, a lot of people, there were three great soul centers in the 60s. Three. Okay, and they were Motown, Chess, and Stax Volt. Motown coming out of Detroit, Chess coming out of Chicago and Stax Volt coming out of Memphis. And if you want to dig into wonderful stuff that still still holds up today, listen to anything off the Stax Volt label. All right? Especially dig up anything by Booker T and the MGs. Uh, their song Green Onions, the total instrumental is one of the best songs ever done. But you want to listen to Otis Redding and Carla Thomas and you want to listen to them sing when something is wrong with my baby. And that will put you in a better mood than anything Jackie Gleason put out in the late 50s, early 60s. Joe Gannon says, Senator Howard Baker, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's an entire letter that he wrote. Uh, I don't know if it was a proclamation. Tennessee is indeed proud of its musical heritage, and justly so. Be it the folk music sung by the earliest pioneers as they pushed through the rugged mountains of East Tennessee, the country and western music of Nashville, or the blues and rhythms of Memphis, Tennessee's contribution to the field of music has been varied and significant. So it's kind of interesting because out of Nashville you had country music, but out of Memphis you had Stax Volt and some of the great uh, soul and rhythm and blues music ever made. And I don't know what was in the water in Tennessee. Well, you know, there wasn't anything in the water in Tennessee because what else is Tennessee well known for? I'm waiting for someone to type it. What is Tennessee well known for? Not banjo. Whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Jack Daniels. Out of Lynchburg, so uh, white people and black people got together and got drunk and played the banjo, and that's nah, how rock and roll was invented. Uh, let's see. Uh, it is indeed a pleasure for me to be able to add my endorsement to this latest expression of Memphis's long tradition of producing original music, farms and styles. This is a true expression of our people, and we are proud of it. The Honorable Senator. Howard Baker of Tennessee. So you want to check out Stacks Volt stuff, guys. You want to go right after you stop watching this, which is going to be in a minute. Jack and Coke. There you go, Joe Gannon. Jack and Coke. Uh, I've got to thank uh, Joe Gannon. was one of the guys last night where we actually um, we did a live show, but Joe's down in Houston, so we actually brought in a computer, put up a couple of speakers to it, put the microphone to the computer, and Joe was able to perform for a room full of people on zoom and we may be uh that might have been historic we may have been the first people attempting that to bring uh bring uh, artists from zoom into a live comedy room joe you may have made comedy history and i'm not kidding joe also says moon pie and rc cola rc cola royal crown i remember drinking it when we couldn't afford pepsi uh <laughs> all right i think we've covered everything today man i want to thank you for watching today Reminder of a couple things, this Tuesday, 6 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, free intro to stand-up comedy. Get your Zoom codes at comedyschools.com. If you've already been enrolled in one of our workshops and you're ready to kick it off again In the Advanced Workshop, that starts Wednesday at 6 p.m., go to comedyschools.com to uh, register and pay. We got that going for you this week. There will be a Tony Vizek present Sunday Night's Funnier on Zoom this Sunday night. I'll be announcing that next day or two. All right, do that. Never wear a right-wing lunatic hat while you were out. Uh, uh, while you were out um, uh, uh, gr- uh, at yard sales, because you never know what kind of reaction you'll get, even if you think it's funny. Uh, know that Jackie Gleason put out music "The Fuck by and that uh, that's what it should've been called. And that uh, Otis Redding did a entire album of duos with Carla Thomas, and if you listen to it. It'll be some of the best music you ever heard in your life. You stay safe too, Champ de Blasio. Everybody out there, stay safe. All right, I got more stuff to do today. You got more stuff to do today. We took our break. Now we're getting back at it. Thank you very much. My name's Tony Vizick. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.